的秀。Episode, I don't know what number.、Uh, we're in the seventies, I believe. I think I've done seventy. So clo- we're closing in on eighty, which means、uh, we're closing in on a hundred. Something I have not been able to achieve yet. I had, <laughs> I have. I'm actually bringing it back. I have a podcast called Steve A G, uh, spelled U H, H H. You can go back, find old episodes of it. It's great. It's just me shooting the shit with my friends, and um, uh, I call it uh because I I notice I say um a lot. It's a stalling technique when I'm trying to think of something to say. But that podcast, ninety nine episode, <laughs> I was never. By the way, ninety nine episodes, <laughs> like seven years. Like it was just such a sporadic podcast. It was such a. It was just a fight. It was just a battle. Me getting episodes done. I'd record like two episodes and be like. Hey guys, I'm back. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I haven't recorded anything in four months. I'm gonna change that. We're gonna be doing this regularly, and then four months <laughs> go by, and I wouldn't do another. Um, but yeah, I I didn't hit a hundred. I did ninety nine episodes. <sighs> It was really tough. This podcast has not been difficult at all. We will hit a hundred. I estimate we'll hit two hundred eventually, maybe three. As long as shit keeps going wrong, <laughs> as long as shit keeps going wrong with my body, <laughs> which isn't, which is for certain. The older I get, the worse shit is happening. I mean, you guys have been less listening the last few episodes. <laughs> my life has been a disaster. It's Tuesday, February twelfth, nine a.m. I literally just woke up. I was like, "Oh, I I have stuff to do later. I need to get this episode up because on Himalaya, the episodes now drop on Wednesday. If you listen to this with the Himalaya app, you get to listen to、uh, these episodes a day early." Which I was like, "Oh, that's cool for everybody." And then I was like, "Ah,、oh, shit! I have one day less to record, <laughs> get these out." So now I, since I have stuff to do later today, I literally just woke up, plugged everything in, and here we go.、Uh, it's two days before f- Valentine's Day. Valentine's always been a thorn in my side. <laughs> I remember one time, my girlfriend,、uh, my ex-girlfriend, we had just broken up, and this was the girl I had dated the longest, still to this date. We did it all through college,、um, 
I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. I covered the mic. Did you guys hear that? I put the mic way down by my feet, covered it, sneezed. Sorry, as you can tell, I've had dairy and my sinuses are a little effed up. But, well, I'll, I'll talk about that on the podcast. On, on this podcast. <laughs> I'll talk about that in a minute. But I dated this girl all through college. And we moved to New York together. We moved to LA together. Um, we were together a long time. Long, long time. And uh, then we broke up. She broke up with me. And she moved uh, out of LA. I stayed in LA, obviously. But we had only been broken up for probably like five or six months. And I just randomly wake up on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. And she calls me. She calls me on Valentine's Day. I haven't talked to her in forever since we'd broken up, really. She's just like calling, say, hello. How are you doing? what she's been up to. I tell her what I've been up to. It was fine. It was nice. And then at the end of the call, she tells me she's dating. She's dating somebody. You don't call a guy who you broke up with like months earlier, who you had dated for six years. You don't call them up on Valentine's day and say, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm dating. I started dating somebody. It's pretty serious. Oh, really? Cool. Glad you found someone to love. And thanks for telling me this on the loneliest day of romance. <laughs> the lo <laughs> loneliest day of romance. That makes total sense. That makes total sense and it makes no sense. <laughs> but so that is, that's been, uh, that's been Valentine's Day for me always. <laughs> Even when I have a girlfriend, <laughs> Valentine's Day is the loneliest day of romance. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but this, Thursday I, it'll be great this this uh, Thursday which is Valentine's Day will be awesome <laughs> some friends of mine are having a Valentine's Day party at their house a Valentine's Day party I haven't even heard of that but uh, they're having people over just to play games and hang out and stuff and and then after that I'm going to another friend's house, uh, Dave Dasmalchian, who you know from the podcast. He's having people over at his house. Um, so it'll actually, I think, be a fun Valentine's Day. <laughs> Still probably the loneliest day of romance. <laughs> what does that mean? Anyway, so yeah, I'm sinusy. Here's the deal. I had, as you know, two weeks ago, the uh, 
surgery to remove a kidney stone. Um, great. They got it out. Fine. Awesome. I'm glad I don't have to. Well, I wouldn't have been able to pass that. That would have gotten stuck in my ureter. I would have had a horrible infection, maybe sepsis. It could have been really bad. So that's taken care of. But I had the surgery. And then for the entire week after, had that stent in, as you guys know. Um, that's where we last left off. I think I still had the stent in my ureter to keep it open so that I could my uh, kidney could pass pass urine w without an issue because it's a traumatic there's a lot of trauma to your ureter and your urethra and your probably even your bladder when you have this surgery and so there would be swelling and so they have to put this stent in to keep your ureter from swelling shut and um so, yeah, basically I'm saying, as you already know, I had a stent for a week and I couldn't exercise for a week because of this stent. You're really not supposed to, you can go about your business, like you can go back to work, you can go out. And it took me a few days to get to the point where I was ready to leave the apartment and go out. But um, I just really couldn't do much with the stent and so I couldn't exercise and I got super depressed. I don't know if I talked about this on the last podcast. It was one of the um, most depressing weeks, no joke, of my life. Uh, I cannot remember being that depressed other than when my dad died. It was, it was very foreign to me. Usually I, you know, when I, and I... I've suffered a bit with depression and I'm on antidepressants, but usually I feel I can kind of trace my depression. Like, Oh, it's the holidays. This is sad. You know, my dad's dead. Um, I'm single. It's just, everyone's supposed to, there's just this pressure to be happy. Um, I've talked about it. You, you know, I've, I, I can usually trace my depression, but this was just, well, I guess I could try trace this too, but it was really foreign to me in that I was just depressed in that I had this thing. This is so weird. I was depressed that I had a stent and it wasn't because maybe it was, my God, it's so hard to like, I'm still trying to process what happened the past, you know, week and a half, it really is, do I have PTSD? I feel like I might have PTSD. Like, I was so depressed at the fact that I couldn't, part of it was I couldn't exercise. I'd been exercising for two months and felt great. I love going to the gym. And this suddenly it was just like, nope, just relax deal with this thing. It'll be out in a week. And, and that was depressing. My 50th birthday looming in God, two weeks in two weeks, I'll be 50. That was depressing that, you know, when I was younger, I was like, Oh, you know, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, even in my twenties, I was like, Oh, 50. 
middle age. That's when your health goes. And then this was kind of just reinforcing my bullshit of like, yep, I knew it. Turning 50, my health is going. I have a stent. I have a man-made object in my in my body right now that is also causing me pain like severe pain the first the first few days of having that stent in i would have to sit down to urinate um simply because the pain was so bad when i would urinate i i felt that i might pass out and so i was afraid to stand up and urinate so it was just a, a whole, it was a perfect storm of bullshit that made me, um, that made me depressed. And so when I get depressed, I, I eat, I eat shit, I eat garbage, I eat comfort food. That's why they call it comfort food. I was like, well, I can't, I can't go to the gym. I can't do shit every time. I'm urinating every two hours, like clock, like easily every two hours, sometimes even even more frequently. I'm having to urinate, and every single time I urinate, it um, is excruciating for the full week. It was horrible. Um, but. It, also, on the other side, it was only painful when I urinate. urinated. Urinated? That sounds wrong. <laughs> the past tense of urinate sounds like it shouldn't be urinated. <laughs> Either way, that was really the only time I was in pain. But I was also just depressed the whole time. And that made me <clears throat> kind of fall off my diet. Kind of. I was still eating high protein. Not a lot of sugar though, but I was going overboard with dairy, which falls into, I can have dairy. It, it's there's, you know, that falls into keto, but I've, I learned, you know, those first two weeks when I started this diet, I was not having dairy. My sinuses were better. Uh, I wasn't stuffy. I didn't have allergies. But this has been <clears throat> two weeks of me just being like, well, I'll just have some fucking pizza. Well, I'll just have an iced mocha. Like, So I've been kind of off my diet, which is also depressing. Um, and uh, yeah, so hence, henceforth, I am stuffy today and sinusy and sneezy and... I mean, if anything, we know we we have solidified the fact that dairy is not great for me. I mean, I'm not lactose intolerant, but I, it sure does affect my sinuses. Oh. Anywho, let's get down to the meat of this episode, which is my stent removal. So the last episode came out last. Thursday, Wednesday, if you listen on Himalaya. And <clears throat> so it's been a week. I think I recorded my last episode last Tuesday. Maybe it was Monday, but I think it was last Tuesday. 
I still had the stent in. Like I was in, still in the middle of that. Um, but um, so last Friday, which was five days ago, was it Friday or was it? yeah, it was Friday. I went into the urologist's office to have the stent removed. Here's the thing. I was super excited to have it removed. I was excited when I called the urologist's office and got the receptionist and because it was a few days, like they were waiting on results from my surgery and stuff. So we didn't know how long I was going to have the stent in. Um, and from things I had read online, it's not uncommon for you to have the stent in for two weeks. It's also not uncommon for people to have a stent in for a month. It all depends on if they got everything out, how much trauma was done. Sometimes they can't get all of the stone out. And so they leave the stent in to hold your ureter open um, and they'll just leave it in until they can go back in because it just makes it easier for them to go back in and find the rest of the kidney stone. So sometimes they'll leave it in for a month. So I was just really worried I would have to have this thing in for a month. And, um, and then when I finally called a few days after the surgery, they're like, yeah, you can have, uh, you can have the stent removed. Doctor said, come into the office on Friday. So I was like, oh, great. So a week. I'll have only had to have this thing for a week. The surgery must have gone well. Um, I'm going to go in and get this fucker out. So I was excited about that part. I was excited about not having a stent in. I was excited about not having that UTI bladder infection feeling of constantly having to urinate. It wasn't a painful thing, but it was super fucking annoying to feel. It's part of why I really didn't leave my apartment for the full week I had that stent in. I'd go to the grocery store, but I tried to stay close to home because I really did feel like I was going to piss my pants. Um, and then any, anytime I would go to the bathroom, urinate, it didn't, A, it hurt. I've, I've mentioned that <laughs> we've established that it was fucking painful, but on top of that, it just was, I wasn't urinating a lot. I don't understand this part. I would go, I, I would go to the bathroom. I would really, every two hours, I felt like I really had to go to the bathroom and then I would go and it would just be like the smallest amount of urine, like, like, you know, like an average glass of water, like your drinking glass in the kitchen is probably like 12 ounces. And I'm looking at a 12 ounce glass right now and it is half full. Yes, I said half full, not half empty. But I mean, the amount of urine that would come out would just barely, probably not even fill a quarter of the cup, which was kind of alarming to me. I was like, I know I've been drinking like a gallon of water a day. I should be going, a lot more should be coming out. Should be a lot more stuff coming out. 
Um, but it wasn't, and that was, you know, that was the bane of my existence for for a week. So I was thrilled, like I said, to get this out. I was really looking. It was really weird because I was really looking forward to um, to Friday, to this past Friday, to have the stent out. But concurrently at the concurrently <laughs> at the same time I was terrified to have the stent removed because I have like three or four friends who've had them and they say you know I already knew that it was painful and they're like yeah it's uncomfortable having a stent in um, and, and then I started asking them about removal because it started dawning on me, you know, that, oh, I'm not going to the hospital to have this removed or the surgical center. I'm going to the doctor's office, which means he's going to pull this out of me and they don't have an anesthesiologist at their office. So I'm probably going to be awake. And I was like, not cool with that. Ladies, I don't know about you, but guys, we have real issues with pain and discomfort around our penises. It's just, <laughs> there's a lot going down, going on down there that's very sensitive, as I'm sure is with, with you ladies as well. There's a lot of dangly parts that... <laughs> <coughs> So I was worried about the pain. I was also worried, you know, the level of pain I had when I would urinate was bad enough. So I was like, well, it's going to hurt when he pulls it out because it hurts when I just when I urinate and that's just urine coming out. So I started really like psyching myself out and like I started having trouble sleeping in the days leading up to having my stent removed. I was really, really freaked out. And then, stupid me, hypochondri- the hypochondriac in me was just, it, anytime I wasn't keeping busy doing something, I was on the internet looking up stent removal. Testimonials, mostly. Like, I was looking for stories of people talking about their stent. I was, you know, half a week into having this thing, so I, I knew where I lied with uh i knew where i lay i knew where i laid i knew where i stood that's the word i'm looking for <laughs> i knew where i stood with the pain i i knew what the rest of my week was like so i i was i'd gone from searching stent pain to um stent removal stories and pretty much <laughs> everything I read was negative. I, I never, every now and then you'd be like, yeah, I took it out. It took like a second and it was fine. Didn't really hurt. I was fine. I saw one thing and one story just kept coming up. It was, it would be at like the top of all my searches. Someone wrote a story about how fucking painful the removal was and the doctor going in with the camera and, and not having any pain, like, 
medication or topical anesthetic. I was like, this sounds wrong. I think it was someone just trying to be funny, but it just kept coming up and it was it just horrible. And so um, I, and I just kept each day I kept going back because I wanted to find stories of, yeah, it wasn't that bad. I, it, and I wasn't having a lot of luck. And then I, you know, I was texting with Jillian Bell, who was on a few weeks ago talking about her kidney stone stuff. And I was texting with Brian Husky, who was on months ago talking about his, my friend, Carrie Aisley, um, who saw that I had mentioned on Facebook that I was dealing with, um, kidney stones. And, and then I found out she messaged me. She, she had dealt with, with kidney stones as well and stents and, so I, I, I would publicly like to apologize to all three of them <clears throat> for the never-ending stream of texts and direct messages asking about the stent pain. Jillian said she's had two instances where she's had to have stents and so obviously had two instances where she had to have them removed. She said one was a little bit painful and the other was just a little uncomfortable but not painful and and they were actually both really fast she's like either way if it's painful or not it's super quick so i was like all right and so i go uh friday comes and i go to the um, urologist's office and of course i get there way early because um, i just want to mentally prepare myself so I go and I park in the parking garage and I'm literally like an hour early. So I'm just sitting in my car. I also did some like Instagram live, not live, but just some Instagram stories from my car. You know, if if you follow me on the We're No Doctors Instagram, you may have seen that. And then, um, then I smoked a joint. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm so stuffy and wheezy. I, I really just need to just say bye-bye, Derry. Uh, yeah, I smoked a joint because I didn't know what to expect pain-wise. And I generally don't like to take painkillers. They gave me Norco, you know, when I had the stent put in and the, the surgery. They gave me a prescription for Norco. And like a bunch of pills. And Norco is an opioid, you know. It's some pretty strong shit. And um, I think I maybe, that that whole week that I had the stent, I think I maybe took one pill. Like I just, I don't like the way that shit feels. And But I can smoke a little bit of pot and kind of just mellow out and deal with everything better. So I smoked like half a joint in my truck before I went up to the doctor's office. And I go up and I walk in and they had just come back from lunch. And I open the door and the nurses are like, hey, we've, or the receptionist, hey, we've been waiting, we're ready for you. And I was just like, already? I go, I, I don't have any time to sit in the lobby here and in the waiting room and relax. And they're like, 
They're like, uh, and they could tell that I was not stoned, but they could tell I was uh, concerned. And they're they're like, oh, you look worried. They're like, this is really nothing. This is this will, you know. They go in our appointment books. We leave you half an hour's worth of time for this procedure, but honestly, it takes about three minutes at the most. <sighs> Just relax. You'll be fine. They they were very nice, and um, so I'm like, all right, well, let's get this over with. And my big thing in times like this, when I'm uncomfortable, is to try to make other people laugh. Whenever I'm at a hospital or in an emergency room or, you know, when I was at the surgery center, um, I, I, I'm uncomfortable. And so I can always tell when the staff, the doctors or the nurses can tell I'm uncomfortable. So I try and lighten the mood to make them feel like, oh, he's okay. He's not that nervous. He's making jokes. So I'm just like making jokes the whole time, very uncomfortably. And the nurse takes me back to, um, to an, an examining room. I've been going to this place for a while. Examining room. I have never been in before. Usually I walk in from the uh, waiting area and the first like two or three examining rooms are just your standard. There's a table and, you know, some like a a weird machine (laughs) and like, you know, an examining table and, and just all, you know, what you see in a doctor's office. It'll look normal. She takes me to this back corner and I walk in and there's all this like computer shit and um, weird lights. And there's the examining table. First thing I notice, which I've never even thought of, I had never even like assumed. And also was never in any of the descriptions of stent removal. I walk in, the very first thing I noticed on that examining table was there were stirrups. <laughs> in my my head, I was like, of course. Of course there's stirrups. Of course my legs are going to be up in those stirrups. I'm going to sneeze again. Sorry. Really is bad today. What did I have yesterday? I think I had just a couple of coffees yesterday, but I think I I used a lot of whole milk in my coffees yesterday or my lattes yesterday. Jeez Louise, agey, enough. Uh, so I'm like, oh, stirrups. That's a first for me. Ladies, I know this is like common ground for you. And I honestly have a whole new level of sympathy, empathy, respect for what you have to go through when you go to a gynecologist. It is something I have never in my 49 years been able to relate to. It just hasn't. I'm a dude. I My examinations have always been external. 
And I've already had the utmost respect for for what women have to go through with childbirth and, and everything and all the other bullshit you have to deal with. I realize how lucky I am. <laughs> um, but this was a new one for me. And I was like, it just added a whole new level of fear for some reason. Because seeing that looked very... Maybe you can relate to this now, ladies. I mean, you you know more than I do, but for me, walking in and seeing that table with the weird stirrups on it, I was like, that looks fucking medieval. It's 2009. It's 2019. Stirrups were probably introduced in like the late 1800s or, you know, early turn of the you know 20th century so i was like this is where we're still at with science and medicine stirrups you should just be able to <laughs> you should just be able to run a wand over my body and see what's wrong <laughs> you shouldn't have to go inside anymore but I click quickly was like, yeah, of course, of course, this is going to happen. I may be on the verge of a sneezing fit. I just sneezed again. Uh, hold on. Sorry, that sound is me covering the microphone so you don't have to hear me sneezing and stuff. But uh, <clears throat> I was like, very quickly, like, okay, this this is just the way it's going to be. Just get over yourself, Steve. And so I'm standing there, and the nurse says, all right, I'm going to leave. She goes, take off, take everything off from the waist down, pants, underwear, everything, take it all off. Sit up here on the table, put your legs in the stirrups, and then... um and then put this blanket over your legs. So I was like, all right. And, um, and so I, I do that. So she didn't come back in for a while. So I'm just now, hold on. I'm actually going to pause this. I'm going to pause this because I need to blow my nose. I'm going to take some allergy medication. Um, oh my God, what is going on? Yeah, I'm going to pause this for you. This will be instantaneous, but I have to go sne have a sneezing fit. Be right back. All right, I'm back. <laughs> I just had the most intense sneezing fit. Like literally like 15 sneezes. Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, this is probably dairy, but it, it's got to be something else in the air. <laughs> anyway, so I get up on the table, put my legs in the stirrups. This is where I was. The, the nurse is gone for a long time. And I, um, oddly, there are just like windows everywhere in this room. And I'm like level with the windows. So I'm just like looking out. There's like a park across the street. <clears throat> 
I'm trying to almost meditate and just look at my surroundings and disconnect from the shitty room that I'm in. And um, then the nurse comes back in and, and I still have not seen the doctor at this point. And so I go, is the doctor removing this? I go, are you? I mean, is it that simple? I go, are you removing, <laughs> you're removing the stent? She laughed. She's like, no. She's like, the doctor will be in. She's like, uh, I, I'm going to numb you up though. I'm going to do that right now. This is where everything just goes to hell. <laughs> By the way, the nurse, the, the, the staff, they were all awesome. The doctor was awesome. This is just me mentally having to deal with this fucking horror show. Um, <clears throat> so she grabs this thing that looks like a glue gun. Sorry again for the sniffling guys. I really am. Um, but literally when I woke up, this wasn't happening. This has just been getting worse and worse. Shit, maybe I'm sick. I don't know how I would be sick. I, I've barely been leaving my apartment. She grabs this thing. It looks like a glue gun. <clears throat> and or first she puts on gloves. Thank you, nurse. <laughs> By the way, they're putting on gloves to protect themselves. <laughs> <laughs> not protect me. <clears throat> and then she grabs this thing. It looks like a, a, a glue gun. It's a tiny, weird little gun shaped thing. And she, I can't see what's going down on, what's going down, what's going on down by my waist because I have this blanket over my waist and it's, you know, my legs are up in stirrups. So I can just see this blanket that's uh, over my knees and, and I can see the nurse's head and shoulders. And so I feel her grab my dick. <laughs> I should keep this. I should keep this clinical. <laughs> I feel her grab my penis. <laughs> that That's the comedian in me. I, I just sometimes forget. <laughs> I'm dealing with, I'm talking to normal people. She, she takes my penis in one hand and then takes this gun thing, and puts the tip of it inside the tip of my penis. And then um, pulls the trigger and immediately starts filling my penis and I'm assuming parts of my bladder with just this gel. I think it's a gel. Yeah, it's got to be a gel. Just filling me with this gel that is going to numb everything up. This does not hurt at all. Oddly, it does not hurt. But it is extremely uncomfortable and it is extremely foreign. This is a feeling I have never felt before. The numbing agent does not take effect instantaneously. So for a few seconds, I have the sensation of liquid, gel, whatever you want to call it, going up my penis. In my 
almost 50 years of life. Pretty much the only sensation with my urethra has been stuff leaving my penis. Urine, sperm, kidney stones. <laughs> I've only really ever felt three things exiting my penis and zero things ever going into my penis. So this was such a weird feeling. There's a comedian named John Mulaney, and he does a bit, very famous bit, where he talks about going to the doctor, and he has to get uh, his uh, prostate checked. <clears throat> and he has never had a prostate exam. And he talks about when the doctor get doctor long end of the story, a short end, short version. The doctor gives him a prostate exam, and then he says, when the doctor pulls his finger out, John thinks that he's taking a shit because the only thing that has ever come out of his butt is shit. So when the doctor's pulling his finger out, it feels like he's shitting because something is exiting his butt. So similarly, I feel just this weird sensation of like, I instantly feel like I have to pee because there's a bunch of gel or whatever inside my penis and now in my bladder. And so I immediately just have the sense, there's that sensation again of, I got to pee. <clears throat> I actually didn't say anything. I wanted to, but I didn't say anything. But I, I was like, I, I, I think I'm going to piss. I think I'm going to piss myself. I just, from this point on in the, in the uh, procedure, I feel like I am holding a really bad urge to piss for the whole rest of the, um, the rest of this procedure. I'm just inside going, Jesus, just hold, hold it off. It, and to be honest, there's probably nothing that is even close to coming out. It just feels that way. So she's like, okay, it'll take a, a couple minutes for this to numb everything up. She's like, uh, the doctor will be in in a second. And then she leaves, and I'm just laying there on the table with this weird feeling in my penis. Not painful. Keep in mind, I have not experienced any pain yet. Just weird, unfamiliar sensations. <laughs> Should this be called unfamiliar sensations? <laughs> Um, wait, I might, I might have to write that down. Unfamiliar sensations. I was going to go with the loneliest day of romance, <laughs> but this is not about that. So I'm just looking out the window again at that park and, and people walking around having a nice day and I always do this I'm just like when something's going wrong for me I just notice other people more and I'm like they have no idea that I am laying here about to have something ripped out of my body they have no idea I'm laying here and just had goop squirted up my pee hole and uh, and I'm just like I wonder what their life is like just all this weird like existential shit <laughs> 
And then the doctor comes in. I really like my doctor. He he comes in and he's like, "All right, let's t- let's get rid of this thing." And I'm like, "Yeah, please, let's just get this over with." And um, so he sidles up between my legs, <laughs> he pulls his chair up, and then he takes this thing that's attached to the computer in the room, the computer screen, and it's like this long scope. It's the camera. And he has this other thing, which I think is the uh, the grabber, the pincher for pulling out the uh, the stent. And uh, I was like, Jesus! Like the, the those things were as big around as like if you look at your cell phone, like if you have an iPhone, if you look at the cable that you use to charge your iPhone, the power cord, it's about that thick. And I was like. I don't feel like my urethra is that thick and you have two of these things. So I go, how are you going to get those? How are you going to fit those inside of me? And he goes, Oh, with this. And he takes out this thing that looks like, uh, it looks like a pipe. It looks like not a smoking pipe, but just like a piece of pipe. Like, it looks like it's about a 10 inch long tube that no joke is as big around as like my index finger. Look at your index finger. That it That is, it's that size in diameter. And he goes, oh, I'm going to put this inside your penis and it holds it open so we can go in. I was like, What? And so he takes it and I feel him. He's got gloves on. I don't know why I always feel the need need to reiterate that there are gloves being used. But he, uh, I feel him take my penis in one hand, take this pipe, and then I can feel him fully fitting that pipe inside my urethra. I hope you're all screaming out loud right now. I'm very good. This again, this was not painful, but I could feel the sensation of it happening. And it was foreign and it was weird. And once again, it's the feeling of something going up my penis instead of out. Very, very unfamiliar. And I will say it uncomfortable. As he slid this thing up my urethra, I was just like, ah. I just remember, I wasn't yelling or in pain, but I was going, oh, 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 he's like, er, he's like, we're in, we got it, we're all good, and he goes, he goes, by the way, he's like, this is, this is going to be easy, he goes, this is, um, I don't have to go all the way up to get this stent out, he goes, he goes, there's a string on the end of the stent. He's like, I just have to grab that stent. It's like just at the entrance to your bladder where your bladder and your urethra are. He's like, it's actually in your, um, it's in your penis. The string is in your urethra. Now I've did a lot of reading when this was going on, when I was about to have the surgery, when I had the surgery, different types of stents and stuff. And one thing I kept noticing was you may have a stent. 
if you have a stent in, you may notice a string hanging out of your penis or vagina, out of your urethra. This is just to make it easier for the doctors to grab on and pull it out. I never once saw a string, but apparently there was a string and it was inside my penis. Um, which looking back makes total sense because every now and then there would just be like a little bit of a twinge of pain in my penis. And uh, looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, it's because there was something inside of there. But um, so he's like, I just got to get that string. <laughs> so he goes in with the camera and also much like in a dentist's office, he had this tool to like spray water like in the dentist's office and would occasionally spray water into this pipe into my fucking penis and bladder because you want to keep it lubricated or moist, I guess. I'm not even sure. I at one point just stopped asking questions. <laughs> I was so traumatized. And um, so he, that's just adding to the, feeling of me having to urinate. He's just spraying water into me. There's like water everywhere. And um, he goes in with a camera and he's like looking at the computer. I, I honestly was too afraid to look at the computer. I didn't want to see what was going on. I was so freaked out. I was just look for the most part, looking out at the park. <laughs> and, um, uh, he, he goes, he goes in with the camera. He's like, well, this is really dark. He's like, is the light on? Like, is the brightness? So immediately it's just sounding like there's a complication. And I'm just like, this better not take longer than it has to. You better have all your tools working. And then he goes, he's like, oh, there it is. He's like, there's the string. He's like, I found it. And he goes in with the other thing, the little pincher the grabby thing and uh, he gets it and he starts to pull it and I figured once he had the stent in the little grips he's going to pull it out nice and gently and slowly like all right little bit by little bit we're almost out going nope he goes okay he's like I got I have the string he's like we're going to pull the stent out literally it looked like he was starting a lawnmower like just the, the, co the power cord on a lawnmower, the starting cord, just like one quick motion, like literally half a second. He pulled the whole thing out of me so fucking fast. And that I, I've been trying to f think of words to describe what that felt like. And I cannot. I cannot, I cannot relay what that felt like internally in my body because if you go on the We're No Doctors Instagram site, you can see a photo of me holding the uh, stent up in front of me. And I, by the way, in the picture, I'm holding it by the string. The thing was easily as big as my torso. It, it was probably over 12 inches long. It was huge gigantic curly loops on both ends like a pig's tail which I don't understand how that I, I don't understand it 
I think it's curly on the ends to keep it in place, like from keep it from sliding out or something. But um, there are no words to describe how it felt. It was so fast and just such a we. I honestly, I really wish I've been, you know, I I've been for the past five days trying to think of a way to describe it even to, to my friends and I can't there was almost a twinge of pain but not really just another unfamiliar sensation <laughs> and it was so fast just like pulling a lawnmower cord just here it is he's just standing there with a big goofy grin on his face holding it like you would hold up a fish for a photo. When you catch a fish, you hold it up. It's like, look at this bad boy. I was like, oh, God damn it. Oh, my God. And and then I I went into like a weird kind of shock, I think. Because after it was out, he lays it down in this little, you know, table of tools next to next to my uh, examination table and then he starts talking to me then he starts talking to me about the surgery that I had had uh, a week earlier and I'm kind of not hearing him I'm like kind of like going between just staring at the ceiling and looking at his face I literally think I was in shock looking at the ceiling looking at his face as he's talking to me and just doing that thing where I'm not listening I now just want to get out of the building I'm just going uh-huh 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 I'm literally just going uh-huh to everything he says any questions huh? no all my brain is thinking is just get to your car, just get to your car. And, um, I did hear him mention that he's like, okay. So he goes, we did the surgery, uh, last Friday. He goes, I went in the stone was, I think he said eight or nine. I, I, I want to say nine, but it was at least eight millimeters. No, it was eight millimeters because, when we had scheduled the surgery, they're like, yeah, it was six. You have a six millimeters, six, maybe seven millimeters stone, but it was eight. He goes, you got this hard eight millimeter stone. It was right in the opening of your ureter. It was blocking it. He's like, he's like, it's a good thing we did the surgery right away because uh, it could have gotten ugly. He's like, there's no way you would have passed the stone. It was too big. He goes, so he went in, he's like, broke him up, no problem, got everything out. I think he, I think he said there was, it was one of those cameras, it's like this fiber optic tube and it's got a camera on it and a laser and a basket, kind of a basket thing. You can look these videos up. They're like animated. They're not like actual videos from the inside of the body, but it's animated of how these things work and it's kind of fascinating. So he's like, we got the, the, had the basket. So we pulled the stone, we got the stones out. And he said, um, he's like, I also noticed once I got that stone out and looked in a little further into your kidney, he's like, there were like two or three other stones. 
I had other kidney stones which didn't show up on the uh, on the on like my X-ray and stuff because um, they were a little bit smaller. He's like, you you would have been able to pass these stones eventually unless they kind of just stayed in your kidney and got bigger. He's like, but um, he's like, yeah, like two or three other stones. And he goes, I, he's, he goes, I, I went in. He's like, I took those out as well. So you are stone free. Maybe that's the title of this episode, stone free. <laughs> no, I like unfamiliar sensations. So he's like, yeah. Um, and, and then he just starts talking about we need to do a urine test. Uh, you have to do this test, something, so we can figure out what's actually in your diet, what's in your urine that's causing you to get stones. I'm just like, okay, yep, okay, yep, uh-huh, just let me get the fuck out of here. So he's like, all right, you're good to go. He's like, um, he's like, uh, call us, you know, in a week or so, and we'll schedule the test and the follow-up appointment. I was like, okay, and uh, he's like, he's like, uh, good job, have a good day. He leaves. The nurse is like, I'll let you get dressed. By the way, yeah, my balls and butt and peanuts are all hanging out. I'm still in stirrups. <laughs> That's the other thing. I'm still in stirrups while he's talking to me. I just like don't know what to do. I'm just like, uh, uh-huh. So the nurse is like, I'll let you get dressed. Um, and uh, yeah, and then uh, check out at the uh, reception desk. Like, okay, so she leaves, close the door. I immediately jump up. I'm still in like shock. Like my legs, by the way, <laughs> this is all kind of funny part. My legs are really weak. Like I feel like I just want to collapse on the floor. <laughs> and so I, I jump up. I'm standing there with just like a t-shirt on. <laughs> no shoes, no socks, no underwear, nothing. And I had gone in wearing like my workout, like kind of stretchy yoga type gym pants because uh, I was like, I just want to be comfortable and I just I don't want to have to deal with a belt or a button fly or zippers. I just want to be able to pull everything on and off really easily, which was a smart idea, by the way. So I get up and when I had taken my pants off, I did so in a way that I don't know if you've ever done this where you'll like just kind of hold the the waistband from your underwear and the waistband from your pants and you get out of your pants you step out of your pants leaving the underwear in the pants so i did that when i took my pants off at the beginning of the procedure and so i go and i grab my pants and i see that the underwear is still in them i'm like oh this is great i can put them all on in one fell swoop and apparently, though, when I had stepped out of my pants, like one of the legs in the underwear, because I, I wear boxer briefs, had like folded over into the other leg of my underwear. And so it was just like one leg. It was just like a, a tube, an underwear tube. There weren't two legs. And I was just like trying not to collapse <laughs> and just like rapidly get out. So like, I'm like, put one leg in successfully and then I'm like kind of spinning my pants around. I put the other leg in and I am standing there. <laughs> I have 
both of my legs in one leg of my fucking underwear and stretchy pants. Like there's just one leg flopping around freely and I am just standing in there like a potato sack race. I'm like, oh God, oh fuck it. And then, and then I like take the pants off again and then I, I try and do it again and then I end up just standing two legs inside of one of the legs of my pants and I was like, fuck it. I step out and I just take, pull the underwear out of the pants and I just put the pants on without the underwear. I put my hoodie on and then I'm like, oh, I don't want to sit and take forever to put socks on. So I just like stepped into my shoes and like put them on, put on my shoes, uh, slipped on my shoes without the socks. And <laughs> so I pick up my underwear pick up my socks and like I'm wearing stretchy workout pants. I don't really have pockets, but I have a hoodie on which has a pocket. And so I put just cram everything into my hoodie pocket and just hurry out of the uh, doctor's office. And I go to reception and I'm standing there and I can tell they're all just looking at this giant bulge in my pocket, in my hoodie. Like it, it looks like I'm trying to smuggle like a cantaloupe out of the office. Like, I'm pretty sure when he walked in, he just did not have a pocket full of shit. So, uh, yeah, then I left and um, went down to my truck and I literally sat for like an hour and just in my car, just trying to process and just recall everything that had just happened. I should have honestly have just recorded this episode immediately after. Just to really give you an idea of mentally where I was at that point. I feel great now. I still felt a little numb. So I still had that feeling of having to pee for like probably another hour after I left the office. But as soon as all that wore off, I honest to God felt like none of this ever happened. Like it was an immediate recovery. Like I had no more stent pain. I could, I like did not feel like I had to urinate anymore. I, my back didn't hurt, which by the way, looking back now, you know, I've been doing yoga a lot the past, well, I've been doing yoga for like almost a year now, but I've, I, I've really been concentrating on doing yoga on my back cause my back's been uncomfortable and, um, my back has felt great since the kidney stone removal and the stent removal, which leads me to believe that a lot of my back pain was because of this kidney stone which is very common that that is a thing. So I feel better now than, you know, I did before the surgery. Um, and it was almost instantaneous that, that whole day. It was terrifying. The first time I took a pee, took a pee. I sound like an eight year old. The first time I, I urinated after the stent removal, I was terrified. I was terrified. I was like, am I going to have that pain? I know the stents out, but was there scraping when they pulled everything out? Is there going to be different pain? I was totally terrified. And then um, I went to the bathroom. Oh, 
it was joy. It was pure joy. First of all, pain-free. Second of all, a normal amount of urine. Like it, it was just a satisfying pee. And so I'm happy to report that I feel great now. It's five days later. I still feel great. Everything seems to have worked. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 hopefully I'm done talking about kidney stones on this podcast for a while. Um, I'm ready to move on. By the way, I had this. This is another thing I was going to talk about. I had, um, or maybe I did. I, I forget. The past two weeks have just been a whirlwind. But I was going to, I had, oh, that's right. I had my kidney stone surgery on a Thursday two weeks ago. So it was Thursday. And then I was scheduled to have my molar. We've talked about this a bunch on the podcast. I have a molar that needs to be uh, removed. I was scheduled the day after my kidney stone surgery to have the molar removed, which would have been fine had they done the uh, shockwave therapy to break up the kidney stone. I would have been fine the next day, but I woke up the next morning and was like, this isn't happening. So I now I need to go back and get this... Uh, get this uh, tooth pulled but that seems like small potatoes now that seems like not a big everything else now that I need to do seems like not a big deal I feel like I can go in for any medical procedure now and just be like yep you want to do what I don't care I had a stent this will be easy <laughs> so that's it I'm stone free I'm about to turn 50 <laughs> Um, I got to get back on this diet, get off the dairy, um, continue to lose weight. Uh, yeah. So that's the story, man. I'm stoked that in, in the coming episodes, I won't have to talk about this. I'm sure I will find a way to bring it all back, but like I, I we're going to have a guest uh, I can say Felicia Day is going to record the uh, do an episode of this podcast. We're going to record on Thursday. Um, hopefully she hasn't had to have kidney stone stuff. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to get another episode of kidney stones. Um, but that's it, guys. I'm going to end this here. I've talked for almost an hour and ten minutes. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to add. I'll probably talk for a few more minutes after this for the uh, Stitcher Premium, but nothing major. You got all the info on the uh, stent, stent removal, the aftermath, all that stuff. I'm doing great. That was odd. If anyone has any questions, hit hit us up at nodocspodcast at gmail.com or in the comment section on Instagram. I'm very open about all this kind of stuff. Um, I love to talk about it. I love to share to hopefully make things easier for all of you if you ever have to deal with this. Um, but uh, yeah, have a great weekend. <laughs> Drink lots of water so you don't get kidney stones. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys.
<sighs> All right. All right, you Stitcher premiites. <laughs> you Stitcher premies. <laughs> uh, so I have a few more minutes to talk. I can talk about the fact that I'm turning 50. And this has been a huge... Uh, it has not been easy for me. The the past year knowing that the, when I turned 49, it really kind of started when I turned 48, but on my 49th birthday, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is the home stretch. This is my last year of my forties, which is so weird that like it, cause it seems like it just started. Um, I can't believe that it feels the, the older you get, the faster time flies. I've talked about this before, I believe, and it's no secret, you know, when you're a little kid, you're experiencing everything for the first time. Uh, time is endless, you know. I remember being a little kid and getting out of school for summer vacation and those three months of summer vacation felt like a year they felt like a really long time a school year felt like a really long time three months now is nothing zil it's so easy to do and it goes by so fast and um years go by faster decades go by faster now i'm almost 50 i still cannot grasp this but you know, last year on my 49th birthday, I had a party. Um, my friend Ricky Lindholm and I had like kind of a dual birthday party because we have birthdays that are very close together. And so we just invited everybody. We had it at this bar in Atwater Village here in Los Angeles. And uh, it was really fun. Everybody showed up, which was pretty cool. And... um I remember seeing Jeff Ross there, Jeff Ross, the comedian. And uh, he's like, so how's it going, man? And I was like, good. I go, this is really weird knowing that this is my last year, my 40s. I go, I'm, it's not sitting well with me that I'm about to turn 50. I, you know, and he's just a couple of years older than me. So he had already turned 50 a little while ago. And he goes, you know what I did for my 50th birthday? He goes, I didn't, because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do for my 50th birthday. Am I going to have a big party? And, you know, when I turned 40, I had, uh, I did a show at Largo here in Los Angeles. Where it was just a stand-up show. It was me and just like some of my friends, but also my favorite comedians like Sarah Silverman. And it was just a really fun night. And I was like, do I do that for my 50th? And Jeff was like, uh, you know what I did for my 50th? He goes, I didn't make it about one day. He goes, I just did a lot of cool shit the whole year. He goes, I traveled. He goes, I went to places I'd always wanted to go. Um, but I didn't confine turning 50 to one day. And he's like, and I had a great year. He goes, you know, I... Went on a few vacations, quick vacations, went to some places, did some shit that I always wanted to do. 
And I was like, damn, I go, that sounds like fucking great advice. So I'm going to try this year, my 50th year, um, to just do a bunch of cool shit. You know, for the past like two years, I've really gotten into photography. Photography is like my, it's my hobby. It's what relaxes me. I love doing it. Shit, if I could quit acting and entertainment and stand up and be a photographer, I would love to do that actually. Um, so I love, you know, if you follow me on my personal Instagram at Steve Ag, uh, you can see I don't post photos of myself for the most part. It's just places I go, friends, people, uh, events, landscapes. I just love doing that. And <clears throat> I have very often over the past year talked about, oh, I want to go to Monument Valley, Utah or Arches Nat National Park and take some photos. I want to go to the Grand Canyon, take some photos. I'm going to go to the uh, San Juan Islands up off of the coast of Seattle and take photos. I want to go to Banff in Canada, the mountains, and take photos. It's it's been a lot of talk, and I've never done. I've come close a couple times. Like I'm gonna get on a plane, and then it was like, "Hey, you have an audition tomorrow," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck. Well, I got to put that off." So I um, I think that's what I'm gonna do. I got to make it happen because it sounds awesome. It would just it would make the transition into my fifties. I think a lot easier. And I do have, I am going to do something for my birthday. I'll talk about it after my birthday. This is pretty specific. I'm going to a, a place with a handful of my friends and we're just going to have a really fun, um, fun weekend. So that's that. I'm going to, there's something else I feel like I wanted to talk about. Turning 50. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm just, I, I want to make this year, <clears throat> I want to make this year a little bit better. Not better. I do cool shit. I'm a very lucky person, but I want to, uh, like Jeff Ross says, I want to uh, just make my 50th birthday about the year. And I hate when people, <laughs> I hate when people are like, Hey guys, it's my birthday week. Nope. No, it is not your birthday week, fucker. Your birthday is on the 15th. That's when we're celebrating or, you know, the weekend before or the weekend after for one night. Don't be a fucker. It's my, I'm 27. It's my birthday week. Fuck you. <laughs> you know who that sounds like a good idea to? Nobody but you. All your friends are like, Jesus Christ, I got to pay $100 to buy a ticket to Disneyland, then go to the steakhouse the next night, and then go, go to this fucking museum. Like, I'm paying $500 for your fucking birthday week. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a birthday year, guys. But I'm not dragging my friends into all of it. I'm... Probably going to go a bunch of places by myself, which I love. I love doing. I love traveling by myself. I love doing stuff by myself. I think I'm a very 
solitary person. I love my friends and my family, but I love, uh, I love just going to a movie by myself. I love going to a, I love going to a restaurant. A lot of people are like, oh, it's so sad. Look at that guy. He's eating by himself. I'm like, fuck you. I had no problem choosing this restaurant because I didn't have to deal with a bunch of other people going, uh, I don't really like that place. Let's go. Nope. I'm just going to go here and eat. I need to eat. That's all we're going to do. I'm a lone wolf is what I'm saying, guys. Ugh. Oh, that's the other thing. I'm I'm trying to figure out if I can buy a house right now. I'm meeting with a realtor tomorrow. That's been the other thing with me turning 50. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm still in a fucking tiny apartment and I'm almost 50. You know, for years I've been like, well, I just need a bed and a bathroom and a kitchen and I'm good because I, you know, working all the time. I'm gone. Nah, I'm I'm a man. I'm an adult. I need a house. So I'm going to see if that's feasible. At the very least, I need to upgrade to a really nice apartment. I will never, ever, 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 ever live in a place again, that does not have laundry in the unit or the house. Like I have to have my own laundry. F that, F you, F you with your on-site laundry. Whenever I look at apartments, on-site laundry, nope, fuck you. You had me at in-unit laundry. That's all I care about now. Central air and heating, laundry and dishwasher. I want to live in a modern building. That's what I really want. I want to live in my apartment right now that I'm in. It was built in the 20s and it fucking feels like it. There's no insulation in the walls. It's fucking freezing. It's archaic. It's just medieval. And, um, you know, because I walked in, I was like, oh, look, the ceilings are so high and there's beams and there's a fireplace in here. This is a cool apartment. It's cool. It's not that cool. I want to live in a place that is comfortable and quiet. <laughs> Ideally, a house. I tell my friends this. I think about houses now more than I think about girls. It used to be like, I was just like, I got to date somebody. Who can I date? Oh, she's cute. That good. Now it's just like, I just am noticing property and I, I, I'm on all these property apps and yeah, I need to get a house. So we'll let you know how that goes. Um, I turned 50 on the 26th, so we're about two weeks away and um, kind of can't wait for it to happen so I can just get it over with and stop dreading it. <laughs> like the stent removal. I just want it to happen. All right, so I think that's it, Stitcher folks. We're going to call this and um, have a great weekend. Like I said earlier, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Drink lots of water. Don't get a kidney stone. Have a good weekend, guys. Bye.